Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, presented by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky. Locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and right here in West Edmonton Mall, WillockBeefJerky.com. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here on this Friday Fantasy Frenzy. I wanted to mix in a little feel-good Friday, but that's your guys' thing. Gregor's got positive Friday. we got to come up with something we can use. Fantastic Friday. Fantastical Fridays. Uh, <laughs> the good news is that we uh, we ripped off Jason Greger's uh, Positive Friday because now on the Kevin Carey Show, we have Positive Wednesdays and Positive Thursdays. And uh, I'm sure starting on Monday, once Lorianne Munns are back in the co-host chair after her uh, nice little trip out to Europa, it'll be Positive Mondays too. I mean, you're really rolling with the positivity train, so that is good. That's needed in this city after last night's performance by the Edmonton Oilers, Sans Sam Gagne. Did you did you put Sam Gagne in your lineup in fantasy? Were you feeling risky, like to live dangerous? You thought, I'm going to pick up old Sam Wise and throw him out there. Oh, what did he do? Oh, a couple goals. Showed a pulse, which is nice to see from the Edmonton Oilers lineup. Well, when it really wasn't out there, except for when old number 89 jumped out there. He was uh, fun to watch. Brandon, I'm sure you guys talked about it, but uh, where was he in those last two minutes? He was next man up. Who cares? He was the only one who was doing anything. Why is he on your bench? 100%. And we, we talked about that pretty extensively kind of throughout the morning. We we don't like to overload people with uh, with Oilers talk, I feel. We'll, uh, as soon as I think people calm down from it, then we bring it back up again and re- yeah. re-energize 100%. everybody and re-get the, the text line fired up because as soon as you think it's over, then Kevin will be like, hey, let's play some Sam Gagne audio and listen to him talk about the game. And then it just starts flooding in again. Why was he not out there uh, in the six-on-five situation? And we talked about it with Speck and we talked about it with Tyler Uremchuk and all these things considered. Yes, the Oilers lost. Yes, they continue to um, make egregious errors. As a collective, I think the defensive um, scheme is looking better, but it's these big, big mistakes that cost them. A bad pinch, a mishandled puck, not getting uh, the puck deep, which is a big cliche, but rang true last night. That's what's costing the Oilers. And then this beam of light in in Sam Gagne, and I, I think that, underrated uh maybe not so because he, he was on the score sheet but evander came with another really strong performance and much like Gagne, kind of dragging his teammates into the fight playing physical getting to the dirty areas and, and really kind of playing every element of the game well that's what the Oilers need and and you can't expect Connor mcdavid and leon dreisaitl to score three goals every night it's just not realistic, even if they are the best players in the nhl you need other guys to step in everybody's granted some downtime in a time where they're not at their best. Whether Connor McDavid's battling an injury right now, Leon misfiring on what are used to be like surefire goals from the side of the net down in his office. These things happen. And Sam Gagne and Evander Kane kind of seemingly the only ones uh, on the forward core able to step up. And it's just one game for Sam Gagne. But I thought he was great. Pretty well start to finish. Maybe a few shifts to get the legs going. But otherwise, uh, I loved Gagne's game. I loved Kane's game. Didn't love a ton outside of that. Yeah, and I mean, for sure, the McDavid and Drysdale, they're not going to be counted on to do everything. But in a game that it's a one-goal differential and they're pointless and you had power play opportunities, that's tough. That's a tough one. You don't like to see that because, you know, they do carry this team on the majority of the nights. But that night when you really need someone, anyone to step up and you don't get it, frustrating. And I mean, what? how did Sam Gagne score his goals? He went to the dirty areas. Come on. Like, if, if I'm coach 
would cross today. I'm just like looping Sam Gagne. Hey, where did he do to score this goal? He went to the net. He went to the net. He took a punishment, but he didn't care because he got us back into it. That's what they need more of, and uh, hopefully that'll grow. one 401 is the text line if you want to get us the email. Connor at sports1440.ca and Brandon at sports1440. Uh, Scalding Gord says, fantastic fantasy Friday. That works. Fantastic fantasy Friday. Frenzy Friday. Yeah, fantastic fantasy frenzy Friday. The fun, fantastic fantasy frenzy Friday. That's a lot of Fs. Yeah. <laughs> which uh, in Oilers postgame press conferences, there have been more than a few this year uh, so far as well. So fitting. exactly. Very exactly. fitting. Okay. We did five minutes of the Oilers. Now we'll move on <laughs> to other things. Uh, Quinn Hughes last night. Uh, man, oh, my Lord. I thought I had Quinn Hughes on my fantasy team. No, it was just Elias Pettersson who I thought I had on my team. Uh, he had three points last night. Not bad. Quinn Hughes, one goal, four assists. The Vancouver Canucks, a wagon, question mark, or beating up on bad teams like the San Jose Sharks and the Oilers in the very first game of the year. Uh, very, very fun to watch that Vancouver Canucks team. Uh, certain guys just playing out of their minds right now. Bolivier with a couple goals. Brock Besser, three points. So if you loaded up on Canucks in the fantasy frenzy hockey pool, you're probably pretty happy with the way things are going. And I guess over the weekend, though, the Oilers do take on the Nashville Predators. Uh, we'll be talking about that pretty extensively on Sports 1440 today with Low Tide and Gregor. Lots of coverage to get to with the Edmonton Oilers, amongst other things. But that could be a good thing for uh, the fantasy people out there who have Leon Dreisaitl out there because he, you know, I, as you all know, has a very prolific track record of beating up on the Nashville Predators. Uh, Brandon, you were down at the Canadian Brew House in Jensen Lakes last night. Obviously, the Oilers were on, but you were there for Thursday Night Football, qualified three lucky people to go to the Super Bowl, and also someone got a chance to go to a home opener next season. Do you know who who won the home opener? The home opener went to Calgary Municipal, something like, or, or Calgary Town... I, I, it was one of the Calgary locations, which, uh, shame. That's uh, You never like to see Calgary winning at anything. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, another great night at the brew house. Uh, I've been fortunate. I think that's three Thursdays in a row for me where I've kind of got the double dip of uh, Thursday night football and Oilers hockey on at the same time. It's nice. Brings a great crowd out. One of our, uh, our final qualifier, uh, Angela, uh, she uh, spoke to her and her husband, whose name eludes me in my memory that uh, they, they head out to the Jensen Lakes location to watch almost every Oilers game. They nice. said they're there with their jerseys on. They're uh, ooing and awing with every uh, close play. It was it was awesome. I had a great chat with them, uh, shared a uh, nice cold beverage with them as well. And then, uh, and then yeah, Angelo got qualified at the end of the night too. So, uh, as always, a great night. Tremendous staff, tremendous location. They've got a rooftop patio up there at that one too. And uh, I was speaking to Angela, and she said, yeah, come the summertime when that patio is open. It is sweet. So uh, all these rooftop patios, I've never been to one, uh, one of the brew house rooftop patios. So next summer, I think I'm going to have to go on a little, uh, little tour to patio and check them all out. And maybe I'll do some grades, off-season type uh, content. I mean, they're all good. And I love it because, you know, like when you're having a couple pops and you reach that sweet spot where it's just like life's good, you're feeling perfect and you're sitting out there, the weather's nice, the sun's shining. You'll have that moment there. Uh, the brew house patios are fantastic. You were there for the football game. Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Tennessee Titans. And you know what, man? That that was like stressful moments. I'm in two leagues, and both opponents of mine had Najee Harris. In one league, I have Jalen Warren. In another league, I have Deontay Johnson. So right at the end there, when the Steelers were driving, and Najee 
is getting those free looks from the one-inch yard line after Jalen Warren does all the work. I was absolutely stressing it already. It's one game in. I'm panicking. Thankfully, thankfully, they take a penalty. It backs them up. And Deontay Johnson, which he would have walked into the end zone, drops it. Another penalty, though, by the Titans, puts the Steelers on the one-yard line once again. I thought for sure Najee Harris was going to get a free gimme touchdown. But no, the Steelers throw it to Deontay Johnson. It was a personal win for me after picking him up with the waiver wire and giving him the start. But Jalen Warren, you know, it, it, there's Steelers fans out there. I think Gord is a Steelers fan. Is Steelers, is there, are they Steelers nation? How are you not clamoring for more Jalen Warren? He averages eight yards per carry. Sure, one came on a 22-yard carry. I'll give him that. Najee Harris averaging 4.3 yards per carry. One of his came on a 25-yard rush, so that got exaggerated. And then you're also going to Jalen Warren, three receptions, 25 yards through the air. Matt Canada, Pittsburgh Steelers, you guys got to figure it out. Jalen Warren is the answer. Get him, that guy, the ball, because he does good things when he gets it. Derrick Henry, if you started him, a good week for the King, 75 yards rushing, also adding 27 through the air, had one score, Will Levis, we had it yesterday. Roll with Levis. Maybe not a great move. If you were in the super flex, like Brandon said, he could have been okay. 260 yards passing through the air. No touchdowns. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, same sort of game for him. Well, actually not bad. 60 yards. No touchdowns, though. Four receptions. Uh, Kenny Pickett on the other side. Nah, not a very good game. QBR of 43.6. Uh, one touchdown and 160 yards. So uh, Pillman. Pillman says, hey, guys, I'm a Steelers fan. So tell me, Pillman, like, what is going on? I get Najee, you invested the first round pick in him, and I guess it is a good split backfield, but are you wanting more Jalen Warren? I'm biased because I have Warren in fantasy. I'll fully admit that. But eight yards per carry, this guy's special. Like, he he gets hit, stumbles for a second, and then picks up another seven yards. He's a terrific player out there uh, sean d says gags on his way to a regular eight point per night self gagne for Art ross i mean what's gags on uh, pace for like 60 goals this year could you imagine if sam gagne came back and did that it'd be unbelievable uh Philman also saying i want big ben back yeah that was my worry when uh, philip rivers retired i was like oh my gosh tyrod taylor where are we gonna be stuck with quarterback mediocrity it's been okay so far uh, Brandon, you went through it for a couple of years as a Texans fan when Deshaun was going through his thing. You know, we thought maybe Davis Mills, maybe he's the guy. Did not work out. Looks like you found your guy in CJ Stroud. It certainly looks like it, and I'm I'm happy because that was the thing about the Texans for almost the entirety of their existence was the lack of a, a quarterback. They have a had a Hall of Fame all time great wide receiver Andre Johnson for the bulk of his career and. Uh, Beast. Did did wonders with a string of quarterbacks who were not. When I was thinking Matt Schaub was the best quarterback I would ever see in a <laughs> Texans uniform, that tells you how how dire my situation was. But then the Deshaun thing came and he was great, you know, pre um bad Deshaun, uh, and then the uh, the scandal, the allegations, the trade demand, the ludicrous contract Cleveland handed out to him, uh, and apparently he's going to play again this weekend, which. Good for them, finally. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope that can get the Browns back on track. Um, but I totally get where like these fan bases are coming from, where you just kind of live in no man's land about what, like what's next. And I think there are certain franchises in that right now. The, the Chicago Bears being one of them, another team notorious for never having a good quarterback. Like It looked like Justin Fields was the guy, 
But now all of a sudden, when uh, Tyson Badgen can come in and win a game for you uh, and not have the same athleticism and, and physical tools that a guy like Fields has, but seemingly a much better brain when it comes to thinking the game, it's frustrating. And so do you uh, do you cut bait on a guy like Fields after spending a, you know, a first-round pick on him and look ahead to, say, a Caleb Williams or a Drake May this uh, coming spring? I don't know. I don't have an answer but because uh, we still got lots of football left, and the Bears fortunate enough to have what are probably going to be two very high draft picks. Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr., question mark? Yeah. That sounds pretty sweet to me. <laughs> Rage Texter B, are you guys serious? Did you pick up Gagne in fantasy? Picked Harris in the first round. Will Gagne get 60? You shouldn't be giving fantasy advice. <laughs> well, there was some sarcasm about picking up Gagne and him getting 60. And uh, Najee Harris, in fact, was a first-round pick, which is what I was referring to. By the Steelers. By the Steelers. 24th overall out of Alabama. He was a first-round pick. So I can see the Steelers having some inclination to give him reps and keep him going. He's a good player, but Jalen Warren has been more effective in fantasy. No, you should not have drafted Jalen or Najee Harris in the first round. If you did so, Yikes. reach. It was a reach. <laughs> but uh, Rage Texter B, I love living up to your name. Woo saw, baby. Woo saw. It is all good. As Scalding Gore to Steelers fans says, I want more Warren, but Tomlin and Canada are stubborn. I mean, I, I just, I don't think you take Najee Harris out of the lineup or anything. Like, he, he should get reps. He's a good player. But if it's me, I think Warren's got to get a, a few more looks. Uh, maybe shift the balance just a little bit because that guy certainly is explosive. Uh, Compro Evolution says, hey, guys, love listening to you. One last thing on the Oilers. Many people have said they don't have enough grit on the bottom six, and Gagne proved it 100%. I mean, the what he what he did last night and it was one game it's a small sample size i get that but just went out there and stood out and that's something he said since he was like 20 years old playing on this oilers team i think he said it got it from his dad dave who played in the nhl do something be noticed if you're not going to score goals you know muck it up a little bit start something do whatever you can did he get the fight going between uh mike smith and cam talbot I think 89 was involved in that somewhere. We'll have to go back and take a look. But do those little things. Like, that. It it's something you just don't really see from this Oilers lineup. And it, it was refreshing. And I don't know how long it it will last for. I don't know if the, if the hips hold up. We hope they do. But it was very good to see. We've got Steve from Drumheller saying, probably already said, but not only should Gags have been on the ice because he was hot, but it's a conscious effort to not have him on the ice to try for his Hattie. Tough to trust Woodcroft when he makes decisions like that. I mean, I guess I kind of see it from both sides. Like, you have McDavid, Drysaddle. Those guys could have the worst game of their life. They're going out there in those final two minutes. You probably want Evan Bouchard out there. So there's three. But you're telling me that the, arguably, the best play, like, to me, it should have been McDavid, Drysaddle, Bouchard, Nuge. No? Like, based on that game, Evander Kane and Sam Gagne should have been on the ice, which I believe Evander Kane was. So between Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Hyman, one of those two guys can take a seat. I I understand that, like, Hyman, uh, his net front abilities and presence there is is very valuable in that type of situation. But once again, Sam Gagne just scored two goals with his nose literally in the blue paint. See, I put him out there over Kane. Kane was having a good game, but... his his touch in front of the net? I don't I, see that's where I think having a like replacing either Hyman or Nuge with Kane slash uh, Gagne because they bring different elements. Like Kane still has uh, the ability to like do damage from distance, 
Gagne has the touch in front and the finesse uh, to, you know, whether it be bumping out to the side and making passes and, and to, um, uh, giving goal plays, whatever. Like, Zach Hyman and Ryan Nugent Hopkins have not overwhelmed me this season, particularly Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who was a player I love. I've been a huge advocate for him since he landed in Red Deer, watched him play ju- or in Edmonton, watched him play junior in Red Deer, pardon me. And, uh, and Zach Hyman is the guy that you can pretty much count on on a night-to-night basis to do what Sam Gagne did last night. But he didn't have it last night. Yeah. Like, Hyman was not a factor in that game. And Gagne was. Well, I was going to say, was you're, you're going to have McDavid, Drysdale, Bouchard out there for sure, right? That's locked. They can have terrible games. They're still going to get out there to put up points. Uh, then for me, it comes down to Nuge, Hyman, Kane. Like, that's who it's going to be. But go with two of them, and then go with the guy who has two goals. Like you said, he he was doing what it takes to to score goals in the NHL. He was on fire. He was feeling it. And then Steve from Drumheller kind of throwing out there, well, and he almost had a hat trick. Like, that would have been a hell of a story if he ties it up with 12 seconds left. It, it would have been awesome. I'm not sure that's at the top of mind of no. a coaching staff or even the, even the players. It's about somebody scoring to get the the game two in a, an overtime situation uh, and then who knows you make you put gags in the mix in overtime as well because of the same reasons he's the guy going um but yeah it's it's all for naught uh the Oilers come up short and I think now it's it's probably in everybody's best interest to understand that for the most part the Oilers played a good game last night you have Nashville coming up tomorrow afternoon in a nice matinee affair a team that traditionally the Oilers and Leon Dreisaitl in particular after I'll say it, a kind of rough game last night uh, he can really uh, get going and get back on track here. For, yeah, I mean, I hope so. I sure hope so. We've heard the knock on the Oilers in these afternoon games. It's It's been a while since we've heard that, mm-hmm. but that is something that people still remember. Tell you what, why don't we just throw this out there? Who would your have six been? 1-833-401-1440. If you were uh, Coach Woodcroft, two minutes left in the game, which six Oilers are you marching out down a goal? I think McDavid, Dreisaitl, Bouchard probably would have been the... We, you have to go with them. Just offensively, if you want to score a goal, you need those guys out there, no matter how bad of a game they had. But then you've got the other ones. Nuge, Hyman, Kane, Gagne. I'm sure those will probably be the, the four that would come in. Who would be your six to go out there, down a goal, net empty? Let us know. one 1440 It is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, presented by Wilhawk Beef Jerky with Hallie and Douglas. Welcome back to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, Alberta's best beef jerky. Check them out online, wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you, 186, wait, 1833-401-1440. That's the text line. Don't dial 186, that will get you nowhere. 1833-401-1440. Uh, Brandon, I've noticed a, a trend in the music today. Are you going to CFR tonight down in Red Deer? Yee, and I cannot express this enough. <laughs> ha. Yeehaw. Uh, yeah, the usual uh, Friday uh, request line playlist, as always. Got a few uh, texts in for requests in the morning, along with the usual mix of just songs that make you feel good heading into the weekend and with uh, to fill some gaps, throwing a little of uh, country flavor into the mix today, uh, still with the feel-good vibe. Um, I'm pumped. Should be fun. I don't know if I can bet on the CFR, on uh, some winners of tonight's <laughs> go-around. But, uh, what is if- tonight? What, like what events are there? Well, the same of they run every event every night, but then oh. you, so each go round uh, started on uh, Wednesday. Uh, so this will be performance number three, two tomorrow, and then the finale on Sunday uh, for the kind of the the whole shebang wrapped up. And so yeah, every event goes uh, all the same competitors each go around and then um, polish it off uh, with the bull riding at the end, and then it's a uh, cabaret time. 
Watch out for Brandon. I'm looking. I'm going to see if, I, see if I can find our good buddy Tim Ellis uh, in amongst the crowds once he's done working hard during the performance and uh, see if we can share a cold brewski. Oh, I'm sure you can make that happen. I'm sure there will be a fair share of those going around. Uh, if you are down there in Red Deer tonight, let Brandon know. Maybe he'll uh, hang out with you. He's not buying you beers, but he'll hang out with you, which is just as good. Uh, we asked before we went to break it here. It isn't. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Buy him a beer. Uh, it is Fantasy Frenzy. Uh, right now, we'll get into the mailbag brought to you by Canadian Brew House. Join the CBH for Monday, Thursday, and Sunday night football for your chance to win awesome game day prizes and qualify for a chance to win a trip for two to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. I'm going out to the park on Monday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Jets, Chargers. If you're a Chargers fan, come on out. If you're a Jets fan, come on out too. Maybe I'll buy you a drink. Maybe I'll win a chip to the Super Bowl or qualify for a chance. Uh, maybe I'll leave with the barbecue meat package worth over like a couple hundred dollars. There's a lot going on at the CBH. And I'm also going to bring a couple sports 1440 hats to give out also. So uh, come on down. Sherwood Park, Canadian Brew House. Brandon was at the Jensen Lakes location last night. Uh, always a good time when you're at the CBH. Uh, we threw out the question, who would have been your six out last night with the net pulled down a goal if you're Jay Woodcroft? Chomskers saying, truthfully, I would have sat dry and nuge, rolled with Gagne, Kane, McDavid, Bush, Nurse, and Hyman. Both kept missing shots or, or fanning. Both were off. That would have put him under some scrutiny, I think. I think he could have pulled off nuge, but if dry is not out there, that'll be tough. I was calling Gord says, Normally, my six would be McDavid, Drysdale, Hyman, Nuge, Kane, and Bouchard, but if someone is having an off night, drop them in or uh, having a night off, drop them in for the corresponding style player. Say Nurse for Bouchard, Gagne for Nuge. A little situational awareness. And then Sean D saying, McDavid, Dry, Bouchard, Nuge, Kane, Hyman. Hammer their bleeping heads during a TV timeout to drive the play to the net instead of being cute around the perimeter. I mean, that's that that's something that I, I've kind of been frustrated for a while. And like you see it on the power play, but then they're opportunistic as well. Like they get their chances and they bury it. We haven't seen it quite to the level that we're accustomed to in the past. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, a simple hockey funnel it to the net. And we've got Brew Crew saying, gents, the problem with the Oilers is still goaltending. Skinner was subpar and the Oilers were hoping Campbell would bounce back. He won't. Without the pipes taken care of, then chances of making the playoffs has fallen to zero from Brew Crew. Yeah, goaltending can be better. Defense can be better. Forwards can be better. The whole team needs to elevate their play for sure. I, I, I'm still, I'm still being optimistic. They're still, I still think they're going to make the playoffs and they'll they'll snap out of it eventually. We're we're due for McDavid to go off at some point. Maybe it starts Saturday. I think they'll be 500 by the time they go to their Florida road trip. I think they're going to get on a bit of a run here, but. I've been wrong before, so don't hold me to it, but we'll see. Uh, Brandon, we got a question here from Rodrigo, and he's jumping in. We're going to hop over to football for a second. He says, hi, guys. I'm Rodrigo. Love this show. I'm in a 12-team league, and it's a $100 budget league. I'm in need of a running back. I have Dante Foreman and Pacheco to start, and Algier on the bench, and Singletary is available in my league. Is it time to get rid of Algier? Do I start Dante or get rid of or get Singletary. We talked about Singletary last week, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. A little. We, we touched on we him. We have touched on him at some point semi-recently. How's that for a nice vague blanket? And I, I thought you had a pretty good opinion on Because Singletary, I mean, you've seen him up close. 
Mm-hmm. What What do you think of Devin Singletary at this point? Right now, it's like I, I would not be dropping Tyler Algier to to grab Devin Singletary. I wouldn't. Um, the The Texans' run game has been virtually non-existent. A guy that. Connor and I were both very high on going into the season. I think a lot yeah. of people were some of the uh, some of the experts, our guests that we had on at the start of the season, had similar opinions saying Damian Pierce due to really break out both the fact that A, he was uh well on track to an offensive rookie of the year last year before going down to injury. B, rookie quarterback alongside CJ Stroud. Those guys usually really rely on a strong run game. We saw it last night with Will Levis and the Titans. Derrick Henry had a great game. Because of all these things, looking at it, it's like bring in Devin Singletary as a veteran back, uh, help out in case of injury again, spell off Pierce. All of this is pointless because the Texans' run game is a non-factor. With Damian Pierce, Devin Singletary does not get many reps. Uh, he's not a guy that's uh, going to be used uh, as like more blocking situations. They have fullbacks and stuff to use for that that they're willing to give the ball to on the one-yard line instead of Damian Pierce. Shout out Andrew Beck. Um <laughs> Like, don't you dare! I'm uh, I, I I'm sitting Damian Pierce this week in in favor of uh, other options, and because like if I'm sitting the starting running back, I don't think you should be going out there trying to pick up the backup running back for a team whose run game, quite honestly, stinks right now. It's it's not very good. I still have faith in Pierce as a long term option, but man, uh, Dante Foreman he's looked pretty decent for the Bears, I think, and and Tyler Algier. It's going to be a hit or miss with him because of uh, just the situation in Atlanta and how they run that offense uh, confuses me on a week-to-week basis. We, we've we exhausted the Kyle Pitts uh, conversation. They, uh, they're wide receivers. Some days they might look uh, like world beaters. Other times they're they're not even utilized. And, and then the fact is they spent a first-round pick on B. John Robinson. He's the lead back there. So I uh, this text just came in from uh, Rage Texter. That guy should be selling for picks for next year. Um, I'm not going to tell you to do that, Rodrigo. Uh, if you still think you can make a push at it, go for it. But yeah, your running back situation is uh, far from ideal outside of Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, Pacheco. I mean, he, but even him, like he, he seems to be good for 80 yards and the odd touchdown, right? Like he's not going crazy. He, he's more valuable as a real-life football player yeah. than as a fantasy football player. As a real-life football player, he might be one of the most important running backs in the league this year and what he can do for KC. But, uh, yeah, fantasy-wise, it's always going to be Mahomes' world in Kansas City, him and Kelsey. Everyone else is just living in it. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, your running back situation. Not uh, I wouldn't address it as a top tier, give it an A grade by any stretch. Yeah, and, I mean, when you look at the Falcons, too, another thing that doesn't help them, like, they do have their injury problem, but not at running back. Like, Bijan's good. Cordero Patterson, I'm still waiting for him to get in there and steal some touchdowns, but uh, yeah, not great. Uh, I guess if you're in a deep enough league, though, and you need someone, I think Singletary could be like a desperation play because Damian Pierce still hasn't practiced this week. We'll see if he does, and it is an ankle injury, so maybe he tapes it up and gets going. I'm sure he'll fight it out if he can, but I think you still want to be cautious of that if need be. 1-833-401-1440 is the text line. Uh, well, yeah, rates texter B. Yeah, should be selling for next year. If you're in a dynasty league, maybe you're looking at that one. Uh, the question we did throw out before we went to break was, which six Oilers would you have? Mike, the Michigan fan, says, Nurse, McDavid, Drysaddle, Kane, Nuge, Hyman. Bouchard should be in the press box or the ECHL where he can learn to skate backwards and pivot in both directions. Mike, the Michigan fan, we're going to save you in the system here so we can keep it up. 
Michigan Wolverines, I assume. Their football team's got some stuff going on right now. Off the field, not great. But, uh, yeah, Evan Bouchard, he... He's got some things he could certainly work on. I don't think the press box or the East Coast is going to be where he'll end up. I certainly think power play and certain scenarios are where you want to utilize him. In his own end right now, probably not the best. Scalding Gorge says, do you think McDavid's healthy? Not entirely. I mean, there there was that, that injury that he did miss a week for. Heritage Classic, he showed some good burst. So, you know, something could be tweaked. We don't really know. Dustin says, Gagne deserved to be out there. Hyman should have been on the bench with Sam on the ice. Hopefully the rest of the team made notes on the game. Evander and Sam brought it last night. Yeah, they were fantastic. No doubt about it. But just not enough. Just not enough. And too little too late. And, you know, we'll see how they respond tomorrow. Rodrigo here again, defending his team. I'm still in the mix. That's why I asked. Still in. Hey, Rodrigo, I don't... I mean... Hey, Algiers had some good games. Foreman's had some good games. Three touchdowns a couple weeks ago. I believe you're in it. Uh, Jeff says, please tell me what Ryan McLeod brings to this two, six, and one struggling Oilers team. I don't know. I mean, that's a guy that he's got speed. And it goes back to a couple of years ago where he put himself in position to, you know, be a physical presence and, you know, put guys into the boards and he he tends not to so i i really don't know I, at this point in his career we you know you want to see him make that leap but it just hasn't happened yet yeah right like so far this season ryan mcleod has looked more like a fourth line left winger than the third line guy that i think most oilers fans and in-house in the oilers organization kind of profiled him as uh, and a guy that could maybe even do spot duty in the top six but the the inability to finish chances when presented with them and, and also create them. I mean, you don't expect a ton of that from a guy playing on your third line, but he plays with other guys that have skill. And, and him and Dylan Holloway, it's it's been frustrating to watch them because Holloway has done a lot of things right, but that's still a guy that you want to be contributing offensively based on what he's like, the skill set he has and the opportunities presented with. It's a it, it's been tough. The the bottom six we've talked about it. In the entirety of this other season so far uh, and, and Sam Gagne getting two in uh, last night maybe that's exactly what and that's what he was brought in for they said that outright that Gagne was the one recalled to give some uh, a different look and inject some life into the bottom six I think he did that last night we'll see if that can translate now into tomorrow afternoon's game where we talked about it those matinee affairs maybe a little bit tougher to get up for um, the, you change your routine you change your preparation it's uh, it's fortunate. I think it's against Nashville because of the Oilers' success against them recently. But uh, but they're no slouch of a team. We uh, we had Lindsey Rowley on right at the end of the Kevin Carey show. They're coming in desperate too. They lost in Seattle last night. It's uh, it should make for a good game and to a man. This Oilers team needs to be better. Maybe with the exception of Sam Gagne, he's played one game. <laughs> he's he's very good. He was very good. Yeah, uh, that's it. Like you can't just rely on skill, right? Something about hard work beating skill all the time. And, uh, yeah, the Edmonton Oilers need a little bit more of it. Gut check time early on in the season. Uh, we had a text coming in earlier today from NHL Wookiee saying Rossi, L1, PP1, eyes emoji. Yeah, Marco Rossi with the Wild, number one center. Uh, point on the power play, I believe. Uh, last game, or yesterday, it was a 5-3 loss for the Wild, but he had a goal and an assist. 
What do you think about Marco Rossi there, Brandon? Uh, started off the season quite slow, but in his last four games, he's got four points. You like him in a, a, a maybe a pickup here? Uh, yeah, if, if he's out there on the waiver wire, I actually drafted him at the start of last season mm-hmm. when it wasn't for sure he was going to make the team out of camp, but I took a flyer on him. Um, this is a guy who's a top 10 pick out of Austria. Like He's battled some like pretty serious health concerns uh, early in his career. He's still a young guy, ton of potential. He's, he's a skilled player, and certainly Ryan Hartman has thrived in that top uh, line role with uh, Kaprizov and uh, Zuccarello flanking him. But if the Wild are looking to change things up and give a different look, I think Marco Rossi's a great fit there. And this is the thing about young skill players. Gone are the days of seizing them in the minors, letting them work their way up the lineup, start on the fourth line, get some more third line minutes, maybe mix in PP2. To, for these guys to have success, it seems to be the trend that you have to give them the opportunity to play in situations that fit their skill set. Play on the top line on the top power play unit is exactly what fits Marco Rossi's skill set. Uh, heading into the weekend here, I said light night tonight in the in the league, um, but a, a much fuller slate tomorrow. Like if you're looking to change things, uh, change things up, drop a guy that's maybe been underperforming. I love Marco Rossi as a pickup, and I probably love him as a, maybe a pretty decent priced uh, daily fantasy option uh, over the weekend if that's what you're looking into as well. Brandon, we're going to take a break here, but before we do that, I just want to touch on someone in the NBA. And uh, last night, have you been watching Victor Wembenyama? So I haven't quite gotten my <laughs> NBA legs under me yet this season with uh, the conclusion of the World Series, yeah. NHL, NFL, you name it. Um, but after last night's, last night's performance, uh, I'm thinking I might have to check out the next Spurs game because he kind of like it was a kind of a coming out night for him. 38 points for him last night. Yeah, and you know what? Like he's had good games before. He's had 15, 21, 11, 18. Yeah, but last night, 38 points. Uh, <laughs> shooting 50% from three-point land, 10 rebounds, two assists, two blocks, a steal. Like, he, he's he's wild to me. I just like looking at him move. How can you be that big and move like that? It's unbelievable. He defies science. He And then for Halloween, he went as the Slender Man. Did you see that? that like the, I mean, he's got a sense of humor, too. Uh, big fan of Wembenyama. Interesting to see, you know, the uh, the San Antonio Spurs, they'll be taking on the Raptors on Sunday. It's a one thirty start right in the NFL lineup, which is tough, tough by the NBA. And maybe that's why it's against the Raptors. They don't care about Canada, but he's a fun player to watch. And uh, yeah, I'll be tuning in to watch this guy for sure. How in fantasy sports, he's going to have a big impact, I think, because like we all talked about it at the start of the year. It's the Joker. You get, you get him. He's going to be the biggest player. Well, Victor Wembanyama can do a lot of things too. I don't know if he's going to take the Joker spot, but we'll see. We'll have to talk about that as the season progresses. But uh, that guy, he went off last night. If he if he threw some bucks down on him or a daily fantasy or you have him in your lineup, certainly a nice young player. Uh, when we come back, we'll, go, we'll talk more about the NHL and the NBA. We'll get your text to one 401 That was the mailbox brought to you by the Canadian Brew House sending you to the Super Bowl. We'll be back. It is Fantasy Frenzy brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, Hallie and Douglas on Sports 1440. We are back here on Fantasy Frenzy. Connor Hallie, Brandon Douglas with you today. The show brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. If you want to text in, 1-833-401-1440 is the text line. we got some messages we will get to right away. Just want to let you know what's coming up on the station today. Coming up at noon, we've got the lowdown with Low Tide with Alan Mitchell and Declan Kruger. They'll start off this show by recapping last night's hockey game. We said we were going to do five minutes of it, and it's taken up a good chunk of the show, but... 
Uh, you got to give the people what they want at 12.20. They'll have some guy named Connor Halley on to talk football at 1 o'clock in the community with Big Mouth Sports, Steve Lansky. And then at 1.20, Tyler Uramchuk of Oilers Nation and Daily Faceoff will be by. And then on the Jason Greger Show at 2 o'clock, We've got uh, Cam Tate in for the two-minute warning. Also, Golden Bears defensive coordinator A.J. Gass, longtime member of the Double E. Uh, going back to his time with the Eskimos, he'll be by at 2.45. Also, Paul Scribina, Nashville Predators beat reporter. We've got Wanye Gretz co-hosting from 4 till 6. Alan Mitchell, Mark Spector, Craig Button, and much, much more. It'll also be your next chance to qualify for the Help Your Neighbor contest, which is uh, absolutely awesome. So that's coming up on the station today. Into the text box we go. Guys, can you chat about Luke Hughes versus Dougie Hamilton? Is Hamilton done on PP1 for New Jersey, you think? Because his stats are half as good as normal not being on the power play. Brandon, what do you think? That comes in from Rod Kretchen. I like I like Luke Hughes. How can you not? Yeah, <laughs> I, I um I drafted Luke Hughes in a couple of my my own fantasy hockey leagues this season. Basically just almost not as a flyer because, I mean, we saw him in his debut last season. He got in in some playoff games. He's an incredibly talented guy. I mean, it's a, the whole family. They're they're tremendous. <laughs> I think we had a text earlier. Uh, I don't know if it was in our show or Carius's show about the Hughes brothers. All three of them are great. And then also noting that the Hughes car wash has more points than the uh, bottom six of the Oilers so far this <laughs> season. So nice little jab thrown in there. But... Yeah, Dougie Hamilton, I think he's still going to log some pretty heavy minutes for the Devils as more of their uh, go-to number one defender at all situation types, which still gives him a ton of fantasy value. And even if he's playing on PP2, like the Devils have enough skill players that there isn't a huge drop-off. I shouldn't say that. Their second power play unit is still really good. Um, because if you're deploying um, Jack Hughes uh, and his line mates, and even if you go two centers, like maybe Nico Heischer up on the top line, uh, top power play unit as well, like there's still plenty of spillover talent to play on unit number two. So like both are still own, like guys that you should be owning in your fantasy leagues, for sure. Uh, will Hamilton take a hit as a result of this? Well, almost certainly. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily going to be a, a, a question even worth addressing because it's just nature of the circumstance but I still like Dougie Hamilton and he's still uh, locked in there the Devils are a good team and I think regardless they're going to score tons of goals probably give up a fair amount of goals as well Uh, and as a result tons of great fantasy options throughout that lineup Uh, even if you're still uh, I I dropped Dawson Mercer in one of my leagues still holding on to him in another he's a frustrating uh, probably been one of the most frustrating fantasy hockey players so far this season all the um positive outlook on him going in but he just hasn't got it going yet has not yeah hey even the the teams that are offensively loaded have guys who are struggling zero points for mercer uh we've got scalding gord saying mcdavid and dry are like hallie and douglas you don't bench them well some people might say so not like that scoundrel declan kruger wink emoji uh don't let declan see that We've got Doug Jones saying it's painfully obvious after watching last night's pop gun offense that we may need to bring in Lavoie up sooner than we should. We need someone who can put the puck in the net and not into the goalie. Doug, I like what you're thinking. I like the spark, but we don't know if Lavoie can do it at the NHL level either, playing in the bottom six. So it would be kind of the great unknown, but they got to do something. They got to try something to spark it. Slurpy Sean says, someone in my league, 0-8, traded Eckler for Hopkins. Is this trade vetoable? I might be biased, but that's a that's a bad trade for whoever's getting 
Hopkins. He had one really big game. I don't think we should expect that that's going to keep on happening. I don't know if I would veto it, but if you get Eckler, you win big time. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. And especially the Hopkins thing. Yes, that big game and Will Levis's debut. But last night we saw, I think, probably more of a realistic outlook on Will Levis where he's going to make mistakes. Um, he's not the most accurate thrower of the ball. He's got a big arm. He's big uh, standing there in the pocket and can probably avoid some some sacks and tackles and stuff. But like not probably in a short-term outlook, a high-end fantasy option as a quarterback, which usually then parlays into the outlook for your receivers um, as a result. So Hopkins, great player, probably a Hall of Fame wide receiver, I think, uh, uh, one of the best of his generation here. Um, but Austin Eckler is a monster week after week. He runs the ball, he catches the ball, he breaks tackles, he scores touchdowns, although uh, he didn't for a little bit, I guess, didn't he? Did he have a little streak of not scoring? He wasn't. He was injured. Oh, yeah, true, yeah. true. He did score last game uh, not not running the ball. It was like a screenplay for yeah. 50 yards. Which, which is nice kind of his bread and butter. Like, yeah. that, that is Eckler at his best, I think, is those screens. And the, and the Chargers seem to utilize it, even if certain fans, cough, would like to see um, Herbert go downfield a little bit more <laughs> with the arm. But uh, to digress back <laughs> to the original uh, question, not all leagues do vetoes. It's either up to the commissioner, which maybe Slurpee Sean is here, or uh, I've also been in a league where every single trade you have to vote yes or no on vetoing it. And that can be problematic in my eyes because people can just downvote it out of pettiness. Yeah. Like if you're a bad team and a, a guy maybe you don't see eye to eye with or um, a, a, maybe you're a good team and another guy who's right at the top of the standings with you is making a good acquisition and you just don't like it, even if it's a fair trade you veto it uh, out of spite. So I think the power should pretty much lie solely in the hands of a commissioner, if if anybody, because I used to pull trades off back in the day of like, yeah, I'll make this trade for you, um, and I will... Uh, oh, <laughs> the commissioner is getting Eckler, says Slurpee Sean. Okay, well then, uh, yeah, there's uh, there's your answer for you about if it's going to get vetoed or not, uh, if it is a <laughs> one, one veto league. Um but uh, but no, I used to be in leagues where like you would do some underhanded deals, like a case of beer, a bottle of whiskey in these trades, and uh, and it they went through. It, it, it's unless you have the veto rule in place and it's agreed upon by everybody at the start of the season, you kind of just got to live with what happens and and hope for the best. This is a very unfortunate one because the commissioner is uh, juicing up his own squad. Vetoable? I don't think so because I don't really believe in the veto. Um, you have you should have a good commissioner that you trust. To not be a schemer like a Slurpee Sean's is here, but other uh, yeah, I, I just don't think uh, it should be a group veto option. Rage texture B says only it should be vetoed if it's a clear collusion. I love the word collusion. The collusion. The league <laughs> made that word very popular. Yeah, I mean it's it's a one sided trade. I would be pretty ticked off if I saw that happen in one of my leagues, but. Oh, I don't know. I if don't that know. happens, spicy. Text, text the same guy who just traded away Eckler for Hopkins and try and like take him to the cleaners too. Yeah. If he if he's in full, I don't give an I don't give a hoot mode. Take advantage of it as well. Unless like the commissioner and the guy that's trading him, Austin Eckler, are like uh super great pals and they're Well uh, you sent me a story last night, Brandon. It was a trade, <laughs> Tony Pollard for Christian McCaffrey. With some extracurriculars involves. A night with the guy's wife. <laughs> that, that can't be real. Yeah, that's got to that be fake. not be real. <laughs> Two things, because I know we're running in on the end of the show here. If that is real, if you're the guy who receives or is uh, sending out that trade offer, either one of two things, your wife 
is super invested in your fantasy football team, or more likely, your wife really wants to have a night of passion with this buddy, and this is just an excuse to try and get it to get the wheels turning on it. Either way, don't make that trade offer. Don't offer up your wife as a piece in a fantasy football <laughs> trade. Babe, it's Chris McCaffrey. He's scoring <laughs> 16 straight games. I need this. Is it like a million-dollar league? Come on, babe. <laughs> uh, Slurpy Sean says, I don't believe it's collusion. I just feel like people have to protect themselves against themselves. I'll just let it be. Hey, you know what? It, it is a little bit weird. It's a weird deal to make. You couldn't sell me on it, but some people some people can be swayed. And you know what? Maybe Eckler gets hurt again, and, and it backfires on him, and D-Hop goes off. Uh, we shall see. Uh, Drum Heller, Steve saying uh, the Brown contract. Has anyone touched on it? How does his bonus work? We'll leave that one for Low Tide coming up next. I don't think the Oilers signed Connor Brown for the first 10 games. I think it was for the stretch run and into the playoffs. So we shall see. I don't think anything's going to happen. We'll see what the injury is. Uh, Low Tide will have more of that coming up next on the Lowdown with Low Tide, though. Uh, that'll do it for us here on The Frenzy. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you missed anything, make sure you check us out on the podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or Apple, wherever you get your podcasts from. We do appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Low Tide's up next. First, though, we will get to a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky. Locations in Leduc's, Bruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. WilhawkBeefJerky.com. I'm Connor Halley. Here is Brandon Douglas.